what happens when you know that you're not ready, but you think that you should? You date losers. <laughs> <laughs> and that does happen, doesn't and it? And it does happen. So welcome right. to the Walk of Shame. The Walk of Shame radio podcast. Live from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Well, it's really not live. I guess it's live here on Facebook Live, but it's not live on the podcast. Welcome to the Walk of Shame radio podcast with your host, Dr. Tony Dufresne, relationship expert and millennial mentor and soon to be wine induced podcast host. <laughs> Uh, along with, again, we have Mariah Perrick. Thanks for coming back, Mariah. We appreciate hey, anytime. that. And also her lovely other half, Chris Perrick. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Tom. Sharing their mic, <laughs> which, I, which I'll, sure. and I'm going to, and we're doing Facebook Live just as a little social experiment here. And I'm going to now put this over towards them just so you get to see them as they talk. So today, what we're going to talk about, since we did get Chris in here too, which thanks for joining us. No problem. Appreciate it. And again, it was a last minute thing because, uh, and we'll talk about it next week about Lexi and her schedule and stuff and, and her goals and aspirations and stuff. But it was really great for you guys to come in, to be able to help me out here, to be able to get a show out this week. You're and welcome. we had, You're a, more than and there were, there was great feedback from last week uh, in regards to <laughs> you and your professional radio voice. So everybody enjoyed that. So this week, I thought since you're both here, we can talk about something having to do with a relationship in regards to seeing both sides that happen like at the same time with the same relationship. So I wanted to talk about when to introduce your significant other to the two people that maybe are, or the two sets of people that are maybe the most important, your best friend. And the second group is your parents. Huge. Which is a which <laughs> which can be a huge thing. Yes, it so can be. So then I wanted to so I just wanted to throw it over to you guys to give me your story on how that transpired. We were at a wedding. Our two best friends married each other, and uh, they are coincidentally the ones that introduced us as well. So that all worked out. Kind of killed two birds with one stone. We already had the best friends introducing us. Mm. But my parents were at that wedding and when the bride, my friend, was walking around making her, you know, introductions and saying hello and thank you to everyone, she told my parents, oh, and this is, this is Chris. We'd like you to meet your future son-in-law. So no pressure. So they really just said that. I mean, really, really said just that. said yep. that. Yep. So, so you know, so, you so know, no pressure. The <laughs> bride's responsibility is to walk around and, you mm -hmm. know, thank everyone for coming. Apparently her motives were different at her own wedding. Right. So it is, was she really, was she your best friend? Mm -hmm. Okay. She was. So, so this automatically happened really without you even having to do that. Right. I right. mean, so, I mean, can you go back to when she met Chris? Cause that's really the first step. So, right? so it was a little bit different because her name's Meredith, but Meredith met me. We went to school together and she, the person that she married was, we were on the same tennis team together. So we were friends all through school and then I met her through him. And so I was kind of the third wheel all the time. They were very welcoming. And, you know, I, a lot of times I would hang out with them. And I think part of their lives all through their relationship, I was living in Indianapolis with them. Um, they were about, a, well, Meredith was my year, but, you know, Sam was younger than me. Mm -hmm. And so I knew Meredith way before I knew Mar Mariah. 
And that's sort of where I think Meredith had a little bit of a idea that popped oh, into her head. Okay, yeah. So so she was she kind of a matchmaker in this oh, yeah. situation? Oh, yes. okay. Yes, well, she was. Well, hell, you you took one of those boundaries completely out of it in regards yeah. to having to introduce him to your best friend. She's the one who introduced him to you. Yes. Basically. Okay. Now, I mean, I have a couple other people I consider to be best friends as well. You know, mm-hmm. the closest friends. So as long as all of them caught along with okay, him, good. It, the, was, the, it was okay. Then let's talk about, because everybody goes through, and correct me if I'm wrong, everybody goes through that whole thing about finally deciding that this person means a lot to me. Yes. To where it's way more than just, you know, going out and dating and, and uh, ending up at uh, Arby's. And what's the first step? Was the first step for you the friends or the first step with you the parents? Well, it was probably the parents first since they met him first. But the friends met him pretty quickly after that because when you're dating long distance and you're living with a bunch of girls and... Uh. You don't have a lot of privacy. You don't really have much of an option. So there's not much of a choice is what you're saying. Right. Okay. They fly in to visit and you're Mm -hmm. trying to sort out your relationship at the same time that they're meeting him and there's just all this great overlap that Mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. So no pressure. No, none whatsoever. There was none. No, totally. All right. Remember, we're we're one of those, I know you've talked a lot about long distance relationships. Yes, actually. So we started long distance. Mm Mm-hmm. So the second time that we actually saw each other in person was when I met her parents. Oh. So we were not actually dating at that point. Wow. All right. (laughs) I... That's when that's when I was that's So that really that mom, really fucks this whole thing up then basically. It's in regards to, you know, your story being but but I, I but, guess, uh, yeah. but then when we did start dating, there were a lot of firsts. And so the first time I actually visited her, I was visiting and meeting everybody. Oh, all good of her God, friends, the all of her roommates time. So there's still that awkward, you know, Okay, that begs the question, how did you handle that? We I don't know. Well, <laughs> I will say um we are both pretty nervous. So Mariah made me a not very good cocktail. It was a little on, too strong. On purpose? I, I think it was... Um, <laughs> it just happened. It, she uh, overpoured a little bit. Ah. Um, it was a generous... Maybe it was a yeah, self-conscious yeah. pour. But, per, yeah. Perhaps. Um, an, un, an unconscious uh, a, attempt to overly relax one yeah. Chris yes. Perrick. Well, I don't know. You're not, you're not a very high-strung guy anyway, so... Well... <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you ask, I guess. I'm not a big drinker though, typically. I so didn't know that. she didn't she thought, you know, oh, oh, all guys. Oh, did this dude, so. then then did this not turn out well? Um oh, it oh. wasn't it wasn't bad. We she had some plans. He was a little ill. I, I didn't feel oh, well okay. for that night. As least. in hurling in the no toilet no, or no God. not thankfully no. Is not she holding your hair back? During this, yeah, okay, it, way long, yeah, way uh, longer than yeah, yeah, right yeah. This um, is back in the Yanni days. That's yeah. right, right, that's yeah, right, yeah, yes, yeah. So, yeah. We're so glad you uh, worked your way I'm, out of yeah, Yanni. I'm so glad I, I yeah. shaved it. Now yeah, exactly. it's a lot shorter. Yeah, it's good. That's good. So it was a very memorable initial visit. Let's just say she wanted. We went salsa dancing. Oh, nice. And push him right out of his comfort zone. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, although so, I, I have to say, I have to say, it, it, I went to your wedding. Uh, first of all, the fun, and I've been DJing weddings for 20 some odd years. That's the funnest freaking wedding I've ever been to in my life. And this dude was on fire. 
Yeah, he was quite the dancing machine. Yeah, so I can. It might be a little bit out of his comfort zone because of how soon it was, but still, I know he can hold his own. He can. He can. Right. I, I'm okay. Right. I'm half Asian, so <laughs> so I can I can. Uh, a, if you're half Asian and half white, though, that's two of the not the most dancing. Yeah, ish. True culture, especially when it comes Unless to the salsa. Sure when it, when it comes to salsing, you know, uh-huh. not not quite. He's not Latino. Yes. So yeah. Okay. Well. Good. Well. So, so let's establish. Well, that I'm part. glad you established that because Thank that you. was a. Uh, we wondered what was going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, that was always that was fun. When we were the only non-Latinos in uh, that club, that was the. This is all within six hours of me landing. Holy smokes! This is all. So, so you. So you within six hours you met. You, it was basically the second time that you were with her. No, uh, third. Third time. Or third time you were with third her. Time. The and you guys hadn't. Uh, cross the threshold. I'm no. assuming at the in terms of not even boyfriend girlfriend. Okay, nothing, not nothing. and you and you're meeting the now. Okay, so that that brings up a good question though. If that's not the case and you guys haven't gone to that point, did you already know that he was the guy? Yeah. Without really, yeah. I, I like to think that. Did you did. introduce him to your parents as the guy? Yeah, pretty much. No shit, really. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we we had you know developed I mean, a relationship from a long distance even though not physically but you know emotionally Mm -hmm. and there were some times where she's told me now um now that it's safe i guess uh (laughs) she's told me now that there were times where she gestured or motioned to her best friends or co-workers that this is the guy i'm gonna marry even before we were dating even though we weren't official there you know we weren't doing the facebook official thing either but Mm -hmm. um i think we both felt it was pretty serious even though nothing had been said yet. So I do consider it kind of a... We were, the relationship was pretty well developed, I think, by that point. That's a good experience in terms of you guys doing everything in kind of one fail swoop. Oh, then. yes. So let's yeah. talk about when that didn't happen. Because uh, I was talking... that's when I'm going to hand the mic to Mariah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we, talk- we were talking to Mariah a little earlier about uh, other experiences that she had that may not have turned out that smoothly. Yes. I guess in regards to introducing somebody to your, was it more of your best friend or more of your parents? I know your parents. I love your parents. Uh, I can imagine, (laughs) I can imagine if you bring home some Barney that Kev will see right through that in a second. Kev will see right through it and Peg will scare the bejesus out of you (laughs) and them because she is, she is the force to contend with but yes but uh, kev too kev because he has set such a great example and has set the bar so high he has fortunately for better or worse that's like a man man is what, that, is what that guy man. is and that's yeah that, but that's good to have as as a as a daughter yeah that's a good thing to have it's a really good thing to have yeah. because i know not everybody does so i i appreciate that so i mean i would say parents and friends alike it was a little bit of both kind of saying sure about this one and me being very defensive of course of course and i would say without trying to make anyone feel bad uh a lot of the issues were maybe lack of motivation in Mm -hmm. life in -hmm. general maybe not so much a manly man and like you don't need to be a huge dude and macho, but mm. but you know try and we're gonna try. and we're gonna actually talk about that because that's the, kind of the second part of the show was we wanted to talk about millennial guys and how almost emasculated 
that a lot of them have become. Yes. And I don't want to overgeneralize in regards to the no, mil- not all millennial stuff, but it's sort of the trend that's been going on. And I think it has a lot to do with that metrosexual uh, effect yes. uh, that maybe is kind of stripped a lot from guys in regards to what. And I didn't even think that was a thing. Actually, until you had indicated that you you ran across you ran across a dude that was what you you went out or or um, your dad's working with him now. He's thirty years old. This I was- mean, and he's a, and he's you know he's in decent shape. He's not just you know some paisley white vegetarian guy <laughs> that, that you know can't lift his fork <laughs> off the plate. I mean, he's in pretty decent shape, and they're out lobster fishing. What a what a what a manner, right? What a manner. And uh, and he's asking your dad. Who is, he's in great shape and he's 50, 57, some odd. Uh, he's asking your dad to lift the nets because he can't do it. Yes. Holy crap, man. I mean, and, that's, that's what I'm talking about. That's, that's, and not, that's not the first time I've heard of that. Oh boy. And that's, you know, and that's what, and that's what you're talking about in regards to people seeing that when you start to introduce somebody to your best friends or your parents. Now, you got defensive, and of course, I think that happens a lot. Did you know though already? Oh yeah. Before you even introduced, you're like, uh, I'm just trying to I almost try to put this guy in a in a sheep's jacket and pretend, <laughs> and, and pretend like they, you know, hopefully they won't figure out the guy's just a just a dink. Total I mean, is that, dink. Okay. Yeah, and and you kind of um, you get defensive, but you also get defensive because you're embarrassed because I'm more of a dude than half the dudes I've dated. <laughs> And I mean, I'm not a dude. I'm 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 a girl. No, I think we get what you're, what you're saying. You know what I'm saying, yeah, though. Yeah. But like, as I often tell Chris, if ever I needed to lift heavy shit or move or whatever, I would I would call upon more of my female friends before my male friends. Right. As as a rule. Boy, that's not saying much for the generation. Is it? It's not. It's sort of. It's sort of bad. There's just yeah. a, a different level of strength and determination in most of the women I see in our generation than the men. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 almost a completely different show. Yeah, in regards to the filling that up. <laughs> so, so knowing what your experience was, and knowing that you've had also other experiences where the guys, you already knew that they weren't going to pass the test. Yeah. Do you have a particular formula that you that that seems to work? I mean, I, and I'm saying that because I know that you know ahead of time that Chris was going to pass with flying colors because he's a solid guy. Raise the roof. Go, right? Raise. Yep. <laughs> you already knew that. But even though that, even that being the case, do you have a, it, what if, what if you had this solid intuition feeling that he was who he is? Yet when you did introduce him for some reason or another, it was, it just got off on the wrong foot. Um, if I had a solid intuition about somebody, I would have maybe equated it to, okay, well, they were off today. The situation was stressful. It was too soon, whatever it may be. And I would give it a second shot. And I would defend the person and I would do it in a different way than I had before. Not defensive like I'm trying to save my own face here, but defend the person themselves and say, you know, they really are a great guy. We should give him a second chance. I feel mm-hmm. really strongly about them. And you didn't do that with the the Barneys that you brought in initially when they said oh, okay so you like okay so you already knew basically. it was a quiet yeah so you would just i know so you would just you would bring him back <laughs> around and say you guys have to give him another chance right yeah. okay. exactly see i did that and that comes back to my own personal story because I, I can't wait i had a i'm, I'm sure you can't <laughs> i had a I had a girlfriend a long time ago and she was actually and i thought it was gonna work well with the family because i had a tendency to date dumpster fires 
uh, to where they were. It's a clinical term. They, it, it is, yeah, yeah. Ask him; he's a pharmacist. Uh, where they were, uh, I mean, they were they were good looking girls. Uh, they were exciting because they were very unpredictable. They, you know, just kind of the the projects, the ones that are just kind of on the fringe. And uh, I finally decided to find somebody or, or become boyfriend girlfriend with somebody that was more grounded and had just graduated and um, was an architect and all this kind of stuff. And she wasn't like dazzling beauty. She was cute. And I thought she was, but it wasn't one of those things where that was the important thing. Mm-hmm. The important thing was more about her and her goals and aspirations. And I took, I took her over to my mom's house. The second my mom saw her, she knew she was an absolute psychotic, crazy girl. It was and it's that intuition thing. And I tried after that a couple times to do the whole, Hey, you have to give her another chance. You have to give her another chance. And she wouldn't. And the funny thing is, is that she was right. Yeah. Moms are always right. God. They're always right. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like women know best. I know they do. It's that they intuition do. thing. So I wanted to transition from that into the whole thing that we were talking about in regards to the millennial guys, the metrosexual stuff. And both of you guys technically are, millennials in regards to age. Sadly, yes. This is a big thing though, because, and actually I, I talked to Lexi about this a lot because, and, and you know, the, the people that have listened to the show, she doesn't consider, she hates considering herself a millennial. And I've talked to a lot of people that are in that age range. They don't like me referring to them as millennials. And I always, and I always wondered why, because I respect the fact that the movement, that the generational movement of millennials is about more, more about introspection and more about understanding it's life is more experiential than material. Mm -hmm. It's all the things that I've always grown up with that I've always come up against the resistance as a Gen Xer. Cause I grew up in the wall street era where everybody was all about padding their bank account and getting the best job uh, for the the most amount of money instead of doing something that's fulfilling and doing something more on purpose where it seems as though that's completely shifted back with the millennials. And that's what I like about your generation yet. There's other things that come along with that. Yes. And it's the self-entitlement stuff. Also, I think what you were talking about, Mariah, was the fact that it also comes with the emasculation thing with the guys, which I really didn't realize that that's the case. But is that a thing? No, that's a thing. Really? Yeah. And it's almost like what happened was that as we fought to become more equal as men and women, the guys decided they didn't need to be as masculine anymore. This this equality thing was like, oh, let's hire out to get everything done and let's let's oh, not lift okay. the heavy shit and let's not I But but for what purpose were they were, were, Well, did, I think it's laziness. <laughs> for reals? Yes, okay. I think we have a lot. I think we are the generation of the hovercraft parent that wants everything to be perfect and easy for their special little snowflakes. <laughs> That that would be us, the special snowflakes. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. And because they've made things so easy and have worked so hard to help us, mm-hmm. we've become lazy. And we don't like to be inconvenienced, and we mm-hmm. don't like to sweat, and we don't really want to put in extra hours at work, and we just... <sighs> yeah, but you know what? That's not you, too. Thank God. That's not how you I two... it's not. Right, it's not, <laughs> but, it's, but it's not. That's not how you two are. Right. So I, I guess the big question is, uh, and because most of our audience 
are 18 to 28-year-old girls. Mm -hmm. So they're millennial girls. And they're out there trying to find a guy that should be, you know, a man guy. I would hope, I would hope that that's what you're looking for. Because if you're not looking for that, then you're, 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 you're (laughs) well, you're cheating yourself out of what you're supposed to have. And the guy is supposed to be the alpha guy. And, and, and even if he's a beta guy, at least he has to be the guy. Yes. Right. He's got to know how to fix some shit. Yes, please. He's got to be able to take the garbage out without spraining his elbow. Right. Right. He's he's got he's got to be able to you know lift the garbage can or something. I mean, he has to be the guy. And so, is this is this an issue that you that you see as as a widespread thing? And and is it is there a way around that, or or is there a something that that other girls can use to see or to gauge whether this guy is somebody that will be able to do that, or should they just date a bunch of thirty five year olds? Just date a bunch of uh, that's what I think. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seriously, that is what you should be doing. I mean, but, yeah. date a little older. No, but if you if you can't date older or you find somebody who's your age that you're into, that's fine. But I would just try to see if some of those tests can come up. Like maybe have them come over to help you with a project, or you know, see if you can kind of watch how they interact with their friends and their families and are they helpful and are they willing to, you know, lift some heavy shit for you and are they going to just, I mean, you don't have to be, like we say, you don't have to be a rugged mountain man, but Mm. if you're not going to lift the trash and take it out, you better at least whip me up something great for dinner. Like one way or the other, prove yourself. (laughs) There has to be some level of compromise. I mean, it, 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 I mean, or, or compensation if the guy can't but uh, again i don't get why you guys would even be attractive to a to a guy or a, a boy or a man that's not that doesn't have any of those qualities i mean that's almost instinctual in regards to having uh, some level of protection on you and i know it's it's more of a social quality and a social uh, status uh, nowadays it's i mean it's not like we have to go out and kill caribou and bring it back and you know, right. throw not, it over, throw it over the you know, the barbecue, but <laughs> but uh, there has to be some level of that, right? I mean, how uh, how do you uh, deal with that? It's a great question, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't consider myself the alpha alpha male. I'm not going to go pick a fight with someone in in a bar and right. And that's honestly, I mean, and okay. we've had these discussions before. And Mariah's, mm-hmm. as you just heard, she. That's not what she wants. And that's a lot of times some girls want that, I think. But that's a great um, point. And that's what I was saying. It's not about being that dude that's going to break the pool stick over somebody else's head if he looks at your girl the wrong way. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a, But it's about a guy just being the male presence in a relationship. Right. I think it's about being someone who can really support that person. And it doesn't mean they have to do it physically emotionally is, a, is part of it too but i think you can be alpha when mm-hmm. you need to be you can and, i've seen it and yeah it it's all about you know if you really care about that person mariah knows that i'm gonna protect her and and yeah. have her back mm-hmm. and be alpha mm-hmm. when push comes to shove we have a baby on the way i think she knows that i'm going to protect that baby no matter what mm-hmm. and protect our family mm-hmm. um and so it doesn't mean i have to go out and be like Tarzan and and throwing stuff across the room. I don't want to know about any of your bedroom exploits. <laughs> yeah, well, by the way, 
<laughs> slightly uncomfortable. I don't know. That's maybe another, that's just, another maybe, show. Yeah, that is. Class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's the after hours show. Thank you very much. That's right. Wait till I can drink again, and then we'll really. Oh yeah, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, exactly. This is with no alcohol. Yeah, yeah. This is Mariah on Jamba Juice. <laughs> yeah, actually. So I, you know, I, I don't think that it has to be a the typical stereo, the stereotypical version of alpha. But I think what Mariah is saying is you, you don't ever want to feel tested. But I don't think that it's meant as a test. I think you really. Mm-hmm. She knows. She, mm-hmm. you know, when when she had those, where she was with some of the other guys. Just small things tell a lie and that's all you really need okay to, well, to well that's a good point too so so with chris he's not he's not like dialed in as caveman bob right? right but you knew because why because what what are some of the small things that he would do to show you that he's got your back or he he is what you need in a male counterpart to you in a relationship so uh, first of all i think it can be summed up in i don't want to be your mother so the guy I date, I don't want to coddle you and be your mom and do your laundry. Thank God. Um, <laughs> and, and keep you on track. You mm. need to have your life on track. So that's that's point number one. And that's something that he's been able to do for himself. He's ambitious. He knows what he wants. He's got drive. I don't have to sit there and push him along in life. Mm-hmm. With Chris, it was more like sending flowers on my birthday before we were even dating. So recognizing important occasions and and kind of doing special things, sending cute little care packages when we were long distance, calling every night, having conversations for six hours at a time where we could be really open and honest, remembering if I said, you know, I had something really crazy going on at work that day or a test at school or whatever it may be. And, mm-hmm. and, dialing in and making sure that I was okay and following up and seeing how he could help and support in any way. So when you're long distance, you can't have someone there physically. So it has to be more emotional and acting like, like a best friend would act Mm -hmm. and not just some guy that's like, well, if I can't get any action and I can't come see you face to face, then I'm kind of busy and I'm out with my guys. Like he would, if I called him at a bar and he was out with his friends he would leave the bar to talk to me no matter what. And not that you have to give up your whole life, but you know, it's sort of nice to put that person first. If you're going to be in a relationship with them. I think that's a good, I think that's a good point though. Yeah. I think that you guys, if if you're in, if you are in a situation where you're further along in the relationship and that does happen, he should excuse himself and he should talk to you. Right. Cause you should be the priority. Right. And that, that's not a difficult thing to do. Yeah, you just need to feel like you're the priority. And you need to f- always feel like, I, I feel like with a lot of the guys I dated in the past, there was a trust level that wasn't there. Mm. And I was very suspicious and I was sneaking around and trying to look at pictures on Facebook and trying to see if I could find out from other people what was going on because I didn't really buy it. And that's bad. Okay, so so just the fact that you thought, even subconsciously, that you needed to do the checking isn't that you haven't you already made up your mind or don't you already know intuitively that it's not right yes okay that's right correct uh it's a thought it was more of a rhetorical question but but i but i I, you know from from a girl because you guys girls your intuition is insanely strong oh yeah if you get out of your way your own way a lot of times it's amazingly strong it's a lot stronger than ours because that's how you guys are wired more Mm -hmm. and you got to listen to that you have to. You have to. Well, and I think that it, this goes back to something that I've thought for a long time is that 
at a certain age and a certain point in your life, you're not actually ready for the commitment in the nice guy. And so mm, you That's accept, a good point, though. Yeah. Yeah, some bad behavior because it's easier and Ugh. you know you can set him free pretty quickly. If that's a great... To. Okay. Do you know that you're not ready? Yes. Ah, okay. Deep down. You might y- you not do, always right. mentally... Yeah, but, but you but know, right? You know. What, what, what happens when you know that you're not ready, but you think that you should... You date losers. <laughs> <laughs> and that does happen, doesn't and it? And it does happen, yes. So can you get anything can you get anything out of that? You can learn Is there a benefit? There I would say the benefit is that when you do meet the right person, the good qualities are magnified mm. and you feel even more special. I think it just like anything in life, if you have nothing bad ever happened to you and no adversity, mm-hmm. then you don't know how to deal with minor things. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to appreciate good things and good people. And you don't really know much about yourself and what you want and need. And I would say I benefited from that because the whole reason that we actually met in the first place was because Mariah was broken up with someone. She was fed up. She was angry. She was hurt. And she said, you know what? I'm just going to go and visit my friend on a whim because really that's what I want to do. It was kind of a spontaneous act. It's interesting how the universe flows like that, isn't it? <laughs> it's all about the flow because you never know what the agenda is. When, when you let go of the rock and you just let the flow happen, you really never know what the agenda is. Just the fact that you let go, though, you open yourself up to that. Right. And that's, and that's what happened. What do you know? And it worked out pretty well for me, at least. Well, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. So, all right. Well, we're, that's uh, that's how we're going to end it. I'm looking at the comments. So thank you, everybody, for joining in. And uh, we hope you enjoyed it. In fact, we stayed on the whole time, which I really didn't expect for us to do. I, I wasn't really planning on doing that, but it is what it is. It'll still be up. This will still be up on Facebook, uh, as well as us uh, putting the podcast out on Thursday. So thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, Mariah will be back. Yes, I'll be back. Yeah. Tune yes. in again. So she's looking forward to it. She's got until August. Uh, she's, <laughs> there's no job. Baby's nope. on the way. So she's like, I'm available. I'm like, well, let's, let's rock and roll because uh, it's working and I'm digging it. And she's yeah. got some good stuff to say. And, so, and thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. No problem. So uh, that's the Walk Shame uh, Radio Podcast. Also remember javabud.com, the website. It's at the javabud on Twitter. It's, uh, you know, rate and review. The thing with iTunes is I had to change it up, and so there's only the last four or five uh, shows on there. But still rate and review because it really helps. And, uh, and that's it. So have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you later. Say goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>